Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks podcast with myself, Rob Lambert, and of course... Me, Helen Lizowski. Oh, so, Helen, today we're going to be talking about the trinity of career development and, of course, how you use stationary to potentially manage that. And this might be a big concept for a few people, so we'll introduce you to it. And if you're interested, we can jump into each one of the three in separate episodes of Stationary Freaks. But before we jump into that, Helen, what's keeping you busy in your stationary world? Well, I'll be honest, uh, most of my stationary world lately has been buying spooky Halloween-y stickers from Etsy. <laughs> Literally, I have spent a fortune. And in these times of uh, financial crisis, this is not great. But I have thoroughly loved it. And a special shout out to... Um, Spooky Yeti shop on, on Etsy. I have loved them. And when their little parcel arrives, it was an absolute joy. So nice. All sorts of fun things. A delight. Yeah, yeah we, we were bouncing backwards and forwards, weren't we, before this on um, on WhatsApp. Just, you know, should we mention anything about the uh, tanking economy here in the UK? <laughs> and obviously it's affecting, you know, globally and, and obviously the yeah. heating crisis and stuff. And, you know, I, th- I think we should. You know, it's it's affecting everybody. And I guess one thing that we're obviously quite cautious and, and conscious of is the small businesses that we yeah. hear are really deeply affected by obviously rising fuel costs and, you know, the exchange rate and everything else that affects a very, you know, small business that's trying to trade internationally. So we are doing our best, aren't we, to try and find local businesses and to support them. Yep, um, local small businesses and, yeah, trying to keep everybody... You know, everybody has less to spend, but if we spend it sensibly, maybe we can just make a little bit more go further. Absolutely. And if you're a small business, give us a shout. We do a a shout out in our newsletters. And obviously, we're, you know, there's so many, so many small businesses and uh, cool, interesting people on Instagram as well. Um, So, you know, we're always stumbling across really, really great people in the stationary world. But if you do run a small business and you'd like us to give you a little hat tip and check out your Instagram page, then do give us a shout. We are on Instagram at Stationary Freaks UK and you'll find other contact details on stationaryfreaks.com. So Helen, um, I have bought myself a thermal printer. Yes, now I'm quite envious of this. Mm. And the only thing that saves me rushing out and going and buying another one myself is that it's not colour, but it is cool. So tell me all about it, Rob, why I need it. Well, I was getting a little bit bored with journaling. Not not bored with it as such, but my journals were just text, just yeah. me, you know, writing in my terrible, terrible handwriting. Bullet journaling, Rob. No, no, I it's just, the entry drug. <laughs> it, it's not no, because everyone's bullet journal I see on the internet looks beautiful. Mine would just be horrific. Oh, no, nah, you wouldn't want to take a picture of it. But you've got stickers now. I've got stickers. That's why I bought it. So this little thermal printer uh, uses no ink because it's it's thermal. It uses thermal paper that goes with it. And it's tiny, tiny, tiny. It cost about £19, I think it was. It's a Vretti thermal printer. And it's rubbish quality. You know, I knew it when I bought it. It was not going to print really high quality pictures. But that's kind of the point. Um, So we had a great weekend, a couple of weekends back. We went to see um, Clinton Baptiste, the comedian. We went to see Harry Hill. And we had a little meal out in Oxford as a family. So it was a really, really nice weekend. I took some pictures on the phone, printed them out, stuck them into my journal. And it just brings to life, you know, you can kind of flick through the journal and see snapshots of, you know, what you've been doing as well as the text 
that, that goes with it that accompanies what I'm thinking as I'm enjoying those moments. So it's great. I can see the appeal of that, really. I mean, you know how I love a sticker on the best of days, but actually it's almost like going back to those old photo albums. Absolutely. From when I was a kid and my mother would have a photo album with stuff in that we'd done. Yeah. I, I think having that as a journaling tool is actually really quite quite cool. I can see how it would work really nicely. 100%. Um, the only thing I'm not too sure on is how long the photos, the printing lasts. Um, uh, some people seem to think it sort of loses itself, you know, and just dis- disintegrates basically after about six years. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see because obviously the journals are a sort of well, hopefully a lifetime legacy. People might read them and go, what an idiot. Um, <laughs> but if there's no pictures in there, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I did find one other use for it, Helen, which was just remarkably entertaining. I took a selfie. <laughs> I took a selfie and I printed out, I don't know, 25, 30 of me, this ridiculous selfie of me pulling a stupid grinning face. And then I went around the boys' rooms and I stuck them all over various objects uh, in the boys' rooms, which was highly entertaining, at least for me. I, I couldn't stop laughing. They were less than impressed. But there you go. <laughs> Rob, you're graffitiing their their space. Such a violation. <laughs> stuck, stuck one on the shopping bag, stuck one on the rucksack for school. It was highly entertaining. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to jump into the trinity of career development. So Helen, have you, you've heard me talk about this before, right? Yeah, and I've talked about it a lot, actually. But I, it's really, I think the first thing to say is it's really important to, I, I know this because I did exactly this, is not drift in your career. So I drifted in my career just choosing a job that looked really interesting, staying there while it was interesting, and then getting bored, getting fed up, getting, you know, particularly downhearted at a particular incident, and then going and looking for another job. And that's not really career management. That's just you being a pinball machine in your life, really. So I, I definitely think doing things on purpose, you'll hear me say this a lot, doing things on purpose, it might be the wrong thing, but you did think about it before you did it. And that's your career management should be one of those things. Yeah, I got to the same place. You know, bored, listless, you know, just feeling like I wasn't performing on some of the things that I, you know, I thought I was actually quite good at. I sort of stumbled across this idea of the Trinity and I teach it ever since. It's part of my, you know, comms workshops, what I do as as part of my day-to-day job. And what the Trinity allowed me to, I guess, see and and it gave me, uh, I guess, a guide, almost like a true north, a sort of shining light as to what I was particularly good at where the kind of companies, I guess, and the the behaviors and the kind of culture um, of the kind of companies I resonate particularly with, and also some things that made me happy. So that's what the Trinity is, and we'll we'll come on to that in a minute. Does that resonate with you, Helen? Would you like to know those three things? (laughs) I I think reviewing those three things on a regular basis is really good, because I think you change as well as, as you learn and you grow you you change what matters to you and different I remember once you mentioned um seasons of life or something and what's important to you in your 20s is not necessarily what's important to yeah. you in your 30s or 40s or 50s or whatever so yeah I think absolutely. that's really important to reassess yeah absolutely and um we're going to jump into the trinity like I said we're not going to go too deep into any one of these and to Helen's point it will change over time as you go through different seasons of life things become you know more or less important to you and I definitely have seen this tool being particularly helpful. And we're going to weave it back to stationary because 
we've done a, a few podcasts before about writing journals, writing goals, you know, tracking things in, in our analog world. And for me, every time I write out what we call the painted picture of where I'd like to get to in sort of five to 10 years, this trinity always is part of that because it's part of who I am, really. That's what we're going to cover today. Should we get stuck into this then, Helen? Let's. All right, so the first one of the three, it's called a trinity. I like triangles. I like things that happen in three. It just seems like a logical thing. And what we recommend here is three different ideas, but they're not 100% scientific, but they will be indicative and hopefully helpful in guiding you as you think about what you want to do with your life and your career. So the first one we're talking about is something called DISC. And Helen, you know we've used DISC pretty yeah. much everywhere we've ever worked. DISC is essentially, it's not a, a sort of, a, I guess, personality test is probably the right word for it. It's not one of these. It does look a bit like that when you first look at it. And it's really not, you need to kind of get over that because this is a bit more scientific than that, isn't it? It is, it is. And you may also see this insights and DISC, they're broadly the same kind of thing. And really what it's looking at is looking at behaviours. It's looking at you as an individual and how you prefer to communicate and how you prefer to behave. We include some links. You can go and have a look and, and go through this and get it yourself. But I've run this hundreds and hundreds of times for various audiences plus companies I work with, and it's spookily accurate. <laughs> it's it's scarily like, wow, that, that really is me. So there's a few things to consider with DISC is there's no right or wrong. Where you are on this sort of DISC spectrum is um, it's you. There's no right, there's no wrong. I say it's not an excuse for bad behavior. Um, it's not an excuse to say that I'm a, you know, for example, a high D, super dominating, that I can treat people that way. It's not an excuse for that. The other thing that I always use with DISC is it's energy management. So any of us can move into any of the other areas within DISC, but the reality is it's going to use a lot more energy than it would do for somebody else. So that's just something to be cautious of. Let me clarify. So switching from what you naturally where you naturally sit to somewhere where you don't naturally sit is yeah. hard work. It is. It's almost entirely possible with a lot of effort and a lot of, you know, yeah. maybe a bit of personal development here and there, but it's going to use more energy. So, for example, my accountant um, comes out on DISC as a high um, C, very conscientious, and we'll cover what the DISC stands for in a minute. She is dealing with numbers, tax returns, keeping me out of prison, I absolutely want her to be super conscientious. Yeah. As a small business, though, she has to go and speak at conferences, do networking events, to obviously, you know, marketing. She can do it. She's very good at it. But she is absolutely destroyed and drained at the end of those sessions. <laughs> Whereas I'm the other way around. I go to a conference and I'm on fire. Love I it. Know. Get me in front of a spreadsheet. I am, you know, I could sit there for an hour and it would feel like 10 days. So <laughs> I can do it but I don't get joy and I certainly don't get energy from it. Does that make sense, Helen? It, it absolutely does. I've been to conferences with you. I know exactly what you mean. You're exhausting, Rob, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, I need to go and lie down in a dark room after I've given a talk or done a training session because it's actually, much as I love it and I do, it's quite tiring. I have to put some energy into it. Um, for you, it gives you energy to do that. So you it come is. out higher than you went in almost and it's quite... Yeah, you're quite exhausting when I first see you. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely I love, love it. So let's go through the disc. We're not going to dwell too much into some of the details in here, but we will do potentially an, an extra podcast jumping into disc if people are interested. 
Um, but the D in disc, and it's D-I-S-C, D stands for dominance, so dominating. These are those kind of like highly dominating decision, let's just go, 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 you know, those kind of like alpha kind of characters, that stereotype of somebody being just about action. Now, that's kind of good. You need a bit of that, but it can be a bit draining. You know, it can be difficult to work with these people. So I stands for uh, influencer. So this is somebody who's, you know, usually pretty good with language, pretty good with communication, etc. You know, influential kind of person, likes to bring people along the journey, but is also very, you know, very direct as well. Mm. S, steadiness. It's all about harmony, you know, good interpersonal communication skills, peacemaking, that kind of stuff. C, conscientious, about the detail, task, process. Now, the key thing to point out is if you imagine a circle, top left is D, top I is I, um, bottom right is S, and the bottom left is C. Generally speaking, people at the top half in the Ds and the Is tend to be more assertive. Those in the lower half, the Ss and the Cs, tend to be more reserved. And I use the word tend because you will always find exceptions to this. Draw a line down the middle um, vertically, and the I's and the S's tend to be people orientated, and the D's and the C's tend to be more task focused. We will include some links in the show notes because this is pretty heavy stuff. Um, but that's a general kind of idea. Does that all make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Cool, good, good, good. Now, what this gives you when you do a disc uh, assessment is kind of who you are, your preferences for work, but it also gives you tools on how to move towards other people so you can get on better with people, build better communication skills. The second part of Trinity, we're going to jump into this, is strengths. So this is about understanding who you are and what you're good at, and of course, your corresponding weaknesses. Have you done one of these strengths tests, Helen? I have. I think I did it, oh, yeah, I can't remember how long ago though, but yes, I have done one. It was a while ago now though, maybe I ought to do another one. Yeah, I think it's worth doing them every so often, these. But when I first did this, I realized my top five strengths, and I did the Strengths Finder 2.0. There are other free ones available. I got my top five strengths, and I was like, wow, that, that is actually spookily accurate. And I'm not using any of them in my day-to-day job. Yeah, that was my experience, too, when I did those. Well, not enough of them. I think I was probably doing two. But yeah, I really needed. Uh... And the more I've built in, the better, the more happier I've been in what I do. Yeah, absolutely. And when I draw out my sort of painted picture and look at the future, I always make sure that those top five strengths are encapsulated in the kind of desires and work I'd like to do. I mean, obviously, we don't always come to plan, does it? Um, but very much that that plays into that. So if you do something like Strength Find 2.0, it'll give you your strengths, it'll give you your weaknesses, it'll give you some ideas on how to try and incorporate some of those strengths in your day-to-day work. Um, I found it extremely helpful when I did the Strengths Finder. So is this, have you got, it, we'll put links into these kind of absolutely. tools so we can get the assessment done. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely. So you got, the first one is DISC. So that's really about preferences, communication style, how you like to behave, the kind of culture that you'd like to work in. Strengths, it obviously gives you your strengths and your corresponding weaknesses because we've all got weaknesses, of course. And then the third bit is Authentic Happiness. And this is by Martin Seligman, I think it is. And this is probably the most scientific out of the three of these particular surveys. Again, we'll include links in the show notes. When you fill this in, I think when I did it last time, it was about 140 different questions. It was quite intense. But what it gives you at the end is basically top five things you need in your life to be happy. And 
it was astounding. Again, getting those five things back, I was like, of course, that's why I like speaking on stage, why I like photography, you know, why I appreciate good work that people do, why I love stationery, for example. Um, it's not in that much detail, but what it does do is gives you those sort of big five things that you need in your life to be happy. Did you do this one as well, Helen? Do you know, I might, I must have done, but I don't remember it. So I'm going to go and do it again. And I'm slightly daunted by that number of questions. Mm. But actually, that's the point of why you need to make sure that before you jump for the next job or you start applying for something that seems like a really great idea, that or setting up a new business or whatever, yeah. that you actually understand what kind of work makes you fulfilled. Because I think that's really yeah. important. Well, I think the good thing to, the interesting thing to point out, I mean, obviously not everybody gets a choice of, you know, kind of what jobs you've got to go for and, you know, seasons of life and different uh, opportunities and different yeah. privileges obviously um, uh, make a big difference here. But what I will say is around the happiness piece is I've never looked at a company to provide happiness for me ever. That is kind of my goal as an individual is to look at those things that bring me joy and happiness and to try and make my life as full of them as possible. And I don't, ever go into, I guess, a new role or a new job expecting the job to provide that for me. What I will do when I look for a job, though, is one that's going to use my strengths and yeah. it's going to be the right culture that I'm going to succeed in. So me and you have both worked in the banking industry. Yeah. I realized quite quickly that industry is not for me. Or me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whereas some people thrive in that because it sort of plays to who they are um, and different seasons of life. So hopefully that makes sense. I think it would be good if we could just tie that together in how you would use, I mean, can I break out a new notebook for this, Rob, and how can I start? Of course, of course. And like I say, I generally weave these three things in. After you do them, these are sort of digital tools, really. You're going to go on and do your survey and get your results, and you can print them out, of course. But what I do is at the beginning of every notebook, um, when I'm planning my year, this is my sort of journaling notebook where I write my painted picture and list out the goals. In there is a page that is always dedicated to who I am. And yeah. in there are these three things. So I always make sure I remind myself of my disc profile. And every so often, every two to three years, I might sit another one just to see if I've shifted on it, which is possible. Yeah. And I remind myself of the positives of that, but also some of the things that I need to be careful of. You know, I need to listen a bit more. I need to be a little bit less imposing with my posture, for example, sometimes. And there's also stuff that we'll include some links for as well. But fundamentally, that's one of the sections. The next section is here are my strengths. And I need to be sure that I'm trying to play to those as best as possible. I will also list my weaknesses and I'll look at them and I'll decide at the beginning of each year in that notebook whether or not I need to work on any of those weaknesses. Do I need to turn them to strengths or am I happy just to ignore them and let them be a weakness? Because we can't all have 100% strengths. I mean, that'd just be weird. Oh, and it's soul-destroying because, you know, some things you just don't care about. Exactly, exactly. There's weaknesses I have that I'm like, I'm actually quite glad I have that weakness. That's right. <laughs> it makes me who I am. And then, obviously, the third section on that on part of that notebook is the five things I need in my life to be happy. And actually, those five things that I need in my life to be happy, I've actually chosen as essentially values for my other business, Cultivated Management because they really resonate and align with what I'm trying to achieve. And they're also great when you apply them as a sort of almost like a, if you engage with me as a, as a supplier of services, you're mm. going to get these five things because they are who I am. Yeah. And I found it extremely helpful. So that's the Trinity, DISC, strengths, 
happiness. And if you can weave all three together, and I guess that's our goal in life, really. If you can yeah. weave all three together and you're in a situation and position that allows you to make those choices, I think you're going to find yourself extremely content with life. Oh, that is a good goal, isn't it? It's the stoic goal, isn't it? It is a stoic goal. I and mean, it's, you know, feels like, you know, this ought to form part of my kicking off for the new year kind of sort of uh, routines that I do every year is that whole re sort of re-examine what I'm doing and how it how I want it to be really absolutely hopefully that's made sense hopefully that uh, is something that you're going to go away and and try and obviously get yourself a new notebook and a nice new pen and (laughs) plot out your future or your current reality using those three as a tool that sounds perfect awesome Helen Uh, time's up really on this episode anything that you want to throw in at the end I want to throw in something I think one of our very earliest podcasts I mentioned that I was keeping track of all my workouts in a really lovely notebook with Viking kind of symbol on the front, which I bought, and it has like this lovely linen cover. Well, just after the pandemic hit and we got into our lovely lockdown in the UK, I got a um, frozen shoulder, which has taken two years to heal, and I've nearly got 100% movement back in, but not quite. Oh, nice, good. But it's really nice because this week I went back the first time into a gym and I could take this with me and say to the personal trainer that's what you're aiming for get me back to that level of fitness oh nice that's great beautiful and it's all written up nicely and it's all in pretty colors with sarcastic comments like oh my god this nearly killed me (laughs) but you know historical information you think it's never gonna nobody's ever gonna see it and you never know when you might need it so it's really that recording of ourselves I actually think is uh, quite an interesting Mm concept it's an analog version of the quantified self isn't it i like it i like it that's great to be able to go and say actually this is what i was able to achieve and get to you need to get me back there i like that that's really great yeah oh nice and and good news on the recovery which is brilliant yes super excited about that just as well we're talking today and not tomorrow because i suspect tomorrow i won't be able to move there you go good luck good luck i am going to go and take a selfie and print loads of stickers ready for the boys coming home from school (laughs) so glad i'm not one of your kids (laughs) oh but they wish they weren't as well some days so um good thanks helen Uh, a bit of a whirlwind tour that one uh hopefully that wasn't too overwhelming for you all and we'll include all sorts of cool links for you to go away and study this stuff and show us those pictures you know do this pop it into your notebook um get yourself a nice new pen and um yeah we look forward to engaging with you on that So, Helen, thanks very much. Another podcast done. And thank you to all of our listeners. And don't forget, we've got that newsletter, stationaryfreaks.com. You can join us on Instagram, see me stealing Helen's stationery, which I did in the last episode. Again, UK on Instagram. Helen, until next time, thank you very much. Bye, Rob. Bye-bye.